Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, and I just want to read this, and then I want to, I want to pray that our hearts will be ready, that God will give us ears to, uh, to hear what he's trying to say to us today, and I just want to share with you some thoughts about uh, how guilt and remorse and uh, sorrow, regret has, uh, is like a wound. It can, it can impact our ability to run the race that God has called us to. In Philippians chapter 3, Again, you know, here we have Paul and he says, listen, not that I have already obtained all of this. And he's talking about maturity in Christ, uh, you know, pursuing that depth of that relationship with God. He said, not that I've already obtained it or have I already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I mean, I push forward to take a hold of that which Christ took a hold of me for. And brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But here's one thing that I do, and I want you to highlight this. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And those four words, forgetting what is behind, is the focus of our message today. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you right now to uh, take this word. This is your word. God, you have filled my heart with thoughts and, and I'm hoping and praying and believing that I communicate it well enough and that, God, we would have ears to hear what you are saying by your spirit. That, God, for those that this, this is so needed for their current situation or maybe, God, six months from now or maybe we know somebody that needs to hear this and we're gonna, after we hear this message, we're gonna send them a link so that they can check out the, you know, the, the, the video up on you, the YouTube channel here at Community Church. You know, God, whatever we're gonna use it for, I just pray that God, it would be effective. That God, it would touch our hearts, it would touch our minds and that God, you would not only give us ears to hear what you're saying, but God, may we walk it out in obedience and so in order to do that, God, give us the courage to live out your word and watch what happens when we live out your word and you come alongside and you do what only you can do and you empower us and you strengthen us. And I know that God in that moment, you unlock some pretty powerful things. And so Lord, we're believing for that today as we continue our series called The Walking Wounded, dealing with the wounds that have pierced us so that we can throw it off and run the race you have marked out for us. I speak blessing and favor right now upon every person watching this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, those words again, you know, forgetting what is behind. You know, when I think about that, I think about softball. This would be the time of year that I would be getting ready for our church softball league, not here in Waterdown. I haven't done that here, but in Simcoe and in Barrie uh, and, and in Chatham. I used to play on some teams. Uh, some of them were all guys. Some of them were, you know, uh, you know, guys and girls. And so, you know, I really and I loved softball. But one of the things that I learned when I started playing a little more organized softball is the importance of not looking behind you when you're playing, especially when you, you know, have a hit and you, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting the ball and you're rounding first and you get around first and the tendency is to look behind you. 
And, and the beauty of organized softball, when you're not just, you know, when you're just playing, it's just playing and you don't really think about it. But when you're in that place of competition, you know, you're in that moment thinking about how, you know, uh, you know where that ball is. And, and the beauty of organized softball is you usually have a third base coach. And that third base coach is there to, to give you direction after you've rounded first. That you stop looking, you know, at... Uh, you know, what the ball went or, you know, how far it went or whatever. You just round first and now you're focused on running to second and you're looking at your third base coach and they're giving you hand signals whether to come or to go to slow down or, you know, they're, they're yelling at you. But how many times have I seen it in my own personal life, you know, when I'm playing softball or even when I'm on the bench and I'm watching somebody else hit and we have a tendency to look behind us. We want to know, well, where's the ball and how's it going to be played? Should I run to second? Should I run to third? Should I slide? All of those kinds of things. And, and I found myself over the years because I've had it done to me where I'm yelling and I'm like, stop looking. Because, you know, studies have shown that when you're running and you actually look behind you, you actually break your stride because you have changed your focus. And, and, and the third base coach is there to help you to to give you direction with the things that you cannot see or the things that you can't control. And I found that that was so important because sometimes when you're playing softball, that, that half step that you might be losing because you know, you're looking behind you and you're losing stride might make the difference of you going forward or being out. You know, making it to the base safely or you're out. And the thing is, we're all trying to run the race. You know, and, and that's what I relate it to, faith, the faith journey. Because as critical as that is and important it is to the game of softball, that same principle is one that's good for life and good for the journey of faith. Because God's got a race that's been marked out for you. And he's calling you, just like that third base coach, he's calling you and he's challenging you. Don't look behind, because when you look behind at the things that you cannot control, it's going to slow you down. It's going to impact your ability to move forward, especially in the destiny and the calling, the relationship, the things that God has in store for you. And for me, I've, I've, I've found that, that wounds can be like that. And specifically today, I want to talk about a wound that we have a tendency to, to, or it has a tendency, I should say, to make us look back. It has a tendency to draw our attention. And it's not so much the event as much as it's the emotion that comes from those moments where we've maybe offended somebody. You know, someone that, you know, that, that moment where we've done something that we know we shouldn't have been and we wish we never had done it. And, and, and after that, you begin to think about it and you start to feel guilt. And you start to feel, you know, uh, a sense of regret and sorrow. And, and, and you start to walk down that road of the, you know, what ifs? What if I'd done this? And, 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 and sometimes, you know, the, the guilt and the regret and the sorrow can... Well, it can lead us to a place where we just begin to, you know, just feel so disappointed in ourselves. It's like, man, I can't believe I did that. I, I can't believe that. Ah, oh, I was so stupid. Why did I say that? Or, man, if I, if I didn't get so angry, if I just kept my mouth shut, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation. This relationship wouldn't be, you know, facing the tension or the difficulty that it's experiencing. Sometimes. 
the feelings of guilt and regret and sorrow that we tend to experience when we look back at past situations, things that we can't control anymore, even has the ability to, to actually make us feel like we don't deserve a fresh start or that it disqualifies us from having anything good inside of our lives. And I recognize that might uh, tend to be more of an extreme scenario, but it does happen. And, and the thing is, like, you know, when, you, when we talk about things like, you know, guilt and we talk about, uh, you know, regret, remorse, sorrow, you know, counselors would tell you, people will tell you that's not necessarily a bad thing because initially, if it's used right, you know, it can trigger uh, and signal for us that, oh, you know what, something happened and I need to go make it right. And it's like a catalyst. It makes us move forward. But sometimes, sometimes it's the opposite and we don't respond to the trigger and we let it fester and we let it overwhelm us. And the problem with that is like any other wounds, it just begins to fester and get worse and worse and worse. And the emotion of guilt and the emotion of regret and sorrow has incredible power to absolutely not just impede your life, but damage your life. Listen to what uh, a couple of counselors said. One counselor said this in talking about dealing with excessive guilt. He said, excessive guilt is toxic in that it wastes your emotions and your intellectual energies. It, it distracts you from all that you, you, all the tasks that you have. Like it can really, you know, garner all of your focus and all of your attention. And it can prevent you from enjoying your life. In fact, another one said, hey, listen, if you're constantly beating yourself up over the things that you have done or could have done, again, that's where guilt kicks in. I wish I had done something different. If you beat yourself up long enough, you will begin to damage your self-esteem, your worth, your value. So you can understand why for me today, this is such an important message because because it has such power and it's not just in life, but man, it can keep us from moving forward in faith. And so it begs this question. It begs this question like, so what do I do when I can't shake those feelings? I mean, you want to move forward, but, but you know, you, 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 you can't help but look back and, you, and you're stuck thinking about, again, those, if only I had done this. Or for some of us, again, like I said, we feel like we've dis disqualified ourselves from anything good in our future, and that's where I would challenge you and encourage you to look at the life of Paul and look at what he's writing here to the church, you know, in Philippi. I mean, in his lifetime, you know, Paul attained some really great things, and he talks about this in the beginning of Philippians chapter 3. He attained some pretty amazing you know, things in life. I mean, in, in the world's eyes, Paul was a scholar, he was a great leader, you know, but man, he had his challenges. And at this point in writing this letter, he had served Jesus for a lot of years, spent a lot of time leading and mentoring and, and doing ministry and establishing churches and, 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 and doing all this stuff. And, and the thing is, with the good stuff of his past, he, he even that, he said, listen, all that great, everything I've ever attained, man, that's awesome. But I consider it all loss in comparison to gaining Christ, meaning it doesn't compare even that, all the good stuff. He's like, I don't even care about the you know, the good stuff. I don't even think about or dwell on or look back on those things because all that matters to me is Jesus. 
But man, have you ever thought about the bad? Have you ever thought about how challenging ministry must have been for Paul? Because you got to remember, in general, as a leader, man, you know that there were moments, and Paul, we know it from Scripture, Paul had to deal with some situations in churches, had to deal with some, you know, correcting and rebuking, and there was some tension in relationships, even, even his relationship with Barnabas and, and all this kind of stuff, and there was always that struggle. That was just daily life, but just think about the fact that before he came to Jesus, he was the leader of the great persecution of the early church. He led the way and seeing people get imprisoned, stoned, people that, that died as a result of what he was pursuing. And he was doing it in his mind on behalf of God because of his passion for God. And even in that, Paul says, listen, I choose to forget. That's what he's saying. I love how the Passion Translation puts it. It says, I choose to forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. And the future is, go back to verse 12, where he says, hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm pursuing all of this. I'm pursuing all of this to take a hold of that which Christ took hold of me. That, that future, he, in fact, you know, some scholars believe that what he's referring to is that moment where he was on his way to continue on with the persecution and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. And Jesus stepped in and he altered his life. And Paul said there was a reason. It was for relationship. It was for intimacy. It was for in, in transformation. It was to bring me into relationship with God. But it was also about my calling. It was also about my destiny. And so I, 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 I want to pursue that. I want that community. You got to know today. Somebody needs to hear this today. You have a future. God has a calling on your life. And some of it is destiny and some of it is just relation, relationship and just and building that relationship and that intimacy. And the last thing that God wants for you is for your past, for you to get so focused and caught up in looking behind you that it slows you down. That you begin to look at the past with great guilt and regret and sorrow. And I'm going to say this, Man, I don't know anybody that wouldn't have felt the way, or, or I don't know anybody that's felt that way more than Paul. Just think about the persecution of the church. I mean, just think about the early days of his ministry when he first came to Christ. There were already people that were a little suspect of it, thought he was kind of making his way in, almost like he was like some, you know, double spy kind of a thing. Is he going to turn on him? Some kind of mole? No. No, it was genuine for him, but they were, they were skeptical about his ministry at first. They were concerned about it. Why? Because they were hurt. They were broken. There was many. And just think about that. How many times did Paul go to, to do ministry with somebody that, that most likely or potentially had been impacted personally by the persecution? Like there might have been a mom that he went to pray for or to share the gospel with whose son had been imprisoned because of Paul's actions. Or maybe they even died as a result of what Paul was leading. And you know, here's the thing. Can you imagine? I can. I, I, for me, I can imagine just, you know, holding the hand of that person and wanting to do what God's called me to do to minister. And, and in a moment, I could allow the grief 
and the regret of what I've done in my past keep me from doing what God's called me to do in that moment. Forgiven or not, Paul chose, as one scholar said, he refused to let the past keep him from doing and possessing what God had for him. What a challenge. And listen, can I just say, when he says forget, because this word forget here talks about how it's, it's, this, it's like even in the moment, like in the moment that you're thinking about, man, how am I supposed to get past the pain that I've caused somebody? And you start to feel that guilt, and you start to feel that regret, and you start to feel that sorrow. The word for forget here is like in the moment, Paul stopped, meaning he chose to stop dwelling or thinking or looking back with regret or letting guilt draw him backwards. He decided to keep moving on. And I know it's a challenge. And I know it's been a challenge for me, and I'm sure it's a challenge for you, but he refused to allow that to rob him of his future. Now, that being said, I just want to be very clear. I don't think Paul saying, I just forget the past, because I want to say this. I don't think it was this flippant attitude that just said, hey, you know what? Forget it. I don't, who cares? Whatever. Whatever I did, I did. It's under the blood. No big deal. I don't think he was minimizing his action. I also don't think he was minimizing the pain that he was causing somebody else. I think what he was doing in this moment by saying this is that I think Paul realized that at some point you can't control what's already happened. It's just like hitting the ball. Once it's in play, you have no control about where it goes and how it's being played. And sometimes there are situations where we do something and yes, we regret it and yes, we feel guilty and yes, we feel sorrow, but once it's been done, we can't change it. And so if we can't change it and we can't control it, I think in Paul's heart, he's like, therefore, I can't let it control me. I have to learn to stop looking back and keep moving forward. So how do you do that? How do you do that? How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get beyond? How do you learn to forget? Well, I think we pick up on Paul's words uh, to the church in Rome with regard to uh, conflict. And we've seen this. We, we've read this passage before, so I want to pull you back to Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 18. And Paul in the church of Rome, and he's talking about conflict here. Obviously, there was some tension among them as believers. He said, listen, do not repay anyone evil for evil. But instead, I want you to be careful to do what is right or to do what is honorable. I want you to highlight that for a second. Be careful to do what is right and honorable in the eyes of everyone, not just man, but, but, but you know, as you study this, the impression is everyone, including God himself. And if it's possible, now here's what's interesting about this word, if it's possible, that means that, that Paul is acknowledging that there are times and there are moments. And listen, can I just tell you this? There are times and moments where peace is not going to be attainable. It just isn't. Does it suck? Yes. You know, when those moments where you, you know, especially in those moments where someone just can't seem to find it to forgive you. Yeah, it's the worst feeling ever. And Paul acknowledges this to the church in Rome. He goes, if 
It's possible as far as it depends on you, as much as it depends on you in your control, do what you can to live at peace with everyone. I want you to highlight that as far as it depends on you. Here's why. Because this is how I would read what Paul's saying. That I believe that the release, the ability to stop looking back and being consumed with guilt and regret and sorrow is when you and I have come to the table and we have done absolutely everything that is right and honorable according to the word of God, to the expectation of God and the desire of God in any given situation, hurt or offense. And whether we've been forgiven or not, because there are times where even when we know that we're forgiven, we still feel bad. And even that thought alone can keep us from embracing the future that God has for us. And that's not what God wants for your life. And when you've done all of those things that God's called you to, that's within your control as much as it depends on you, and you've made an attempt to bring about restoration, you've positioned it as best as you can within your own control then I think you can stop looking back. Then I think right there and then, you should allow peace to come into your heart. You should forgive yourself and move on. Why? Because you've done all that you can do. And what I mean by that, just to, to put it in practical terms, let me give you four things. First of all, have you really owned it? Because the Bible would talk about, you know, seeking out forgiveness and repentance as, as the foundation to any any process of restoration. So have you genuinely repented and asked for forgiveness? If you have, cross it off. Cross it off. Here's another one. Have you sought restoration or at least left the door open to it? And I'm going to tell you a story in a second about that. But have you done that? Have you, have you made every effort to seek out, trying to restore what you have done, trying to make right? If you have, cross it off. Did you learn from it? Now, that's an interesting one because you might go, well, PC, what's that really got to do with how somebody receives me or, you know, letting go and stop looking at the past through the lens of guilt and regret and sorrow? Well, two reasons. One, if you don't evaluate your past, guaranteed you're going to probably repeat it. You're probably going to do the same thing to somebody else and then you're going to double up on all the grief and the regret and the sorrow. If you want to make a new future, you've got to embrace change. And so sometimes we have to evaluate our attitudes or what triggered or what led to that and begin again with God's help to find another way or to find his way, I should say. But here's the other thing. If I do those things in those situations where I haven't been forgiven, maybe just maybe, when they see the change, they're gonna, they're gonna respond. It's like me at my house, man. Like I tell my girls all the time, listen, I'm grateful for the apology, but the apology doesn't mean as much to me as the change. Don't do this anymore. Or, you know, the action or the attitude or behavior, whatever it is. I appreciate the apology. That's just the beginning. It's really in the change that makes a difference for me. The last one is pray. Are you praying for them? Are you, are you praying for the potential of that peace to come about? Are you, are you praying for healing? Are you praying that God would help you to wrestle and let go of the guilt and the regret 
and the sorrow, if you have, mark it off. Mark it off. Because when you've done that, because I've had moments where I've done that, I've been able to walk away in peace. Why? Because I've done what is honorable, what's right in God's eyes, as much as it is within my control. I can't do anything about somebody else and how they react. I, I just can't. As much as I'd like to, I just can't. That's, that's their responsibility. It's kind of like going back to the, you know, the ball diamond and the softball analogy. It's like once that ball's been hit, I can't control necessarily where it goes. You know, uh, certainly I'm not that kind of a gifted hitter, that's for sure. But I can't control where it goes and I can't control how it's going to be played. I can only control running to first, rounding it, going to second, listening to my third base coach, and making my way to home. That's all I can do. And, and I've done this, and I'm going to close with this. I, I've done this personally. I, in fact, uh, even as recently as probably about a year ago, um, uh, I, I felt like there was some tension with me and somebody else, and I couldn't figure out why. Um, just weren't seeing eye to eye, I guess. I don't know really, to be honest with you, all the details, but but I, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what's right. I'm going to try to seek out, you know, I, I feel like there's some tension. So I'm going to seek them out and see if like, we can work it out. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I did initially. It was no problem. And then the response that I got back wasn't, you know, favorable. It was, um, it was a little vague. And, and, uh, and I could just sense that there was still tension in the response. And so it kind of bothered me. And I got irritated and I was like, ah, forget it. I'm just not going to deal with it anymore. I've done my part and I just left it. Well, man, days, weeks later, and I could be pretty stubborn and I was, wasn't sleeping well and I couldn't help but keep thinking about it. And it was really bothering me. And, and, and now when I look back, I know what was happening. It was Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was just, he was dogging me like crazy, man. Like you got to deal with this. You haven't done everything that you can. So I decided to send one more message. And actually I did. I, I think I saw them at an event and I, I went to them and I just said, hey, listen, I know I, I did. I sent an email and then I saw them at an event and I just said, hey, listen, I trust you got my email. I, I, and, and this is what the email said. And I just confirmed it. I said, I mean it when I say, I don't know what's going on, but I do know this, that if I've caused any kind of you know, hurt or offense or whatever, Listen, anytime, anywhere, I will meet you. We'll have coffee, dinner, whatever it is. I want to work this out because I want to clear the air, whatever it is. And the moment that I did that, the moment that I did that, instantly, all of the feelings that I felt before, you know, and I wasn't necessarily feeling guilty because I wasn't sure what I was feeling guilty, but I've had moments like that in the past where I've done that and I felt guilty. And the, instantly, the guilt and the remorse went away. Why? Because I've played the ball and all I can do is now run. And God has a future for you and God has a future for me. So don't let the wounds of guilt, regret, sorrow keep you from running your race. Learn to forget what's behind. Stop looking behind. You're losing stride. And if you want to get there, do what's honorable. Do what is right as much as it depends on you and then let it go and let God do the rest. Let's pray. 
Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.